I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 35. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is Relationships Made Easy, and I am your fabulous host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And uh, today, here's what you're going to learn. You're in the right place if you want to know what triggers in your relationship really are, what we're really talking about here how to identify your own triggers, your specific triggers, because you might not even realize what those are. And then as always, I never just leave you with information, right? I always tell you a way to fix it. So my quick six-step process for stopping one of those triggers in its tracks. I like that. And I want to thank Jackson F., who wrote in to me asking about triggers and he was talking about his own relationship and some things he's really struggling with. And, uh, in our correspondence, I realized, uh, that this was a, you know, that he had asked for this to be a podcast and we had a few emails back and forth and I thought it was a great topic also. So I, again, want to encourage all of you to write in and let me know. You can message me on Facebook. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. Uh, send a smoke signal, whatever you think will work to let me know that (laughs) you have a question you'd like answered or some topic you'd like covered. Uh, So this, this one's for Jackson and all of you, because so many of you, you know, this deal with triggers and feeling triggered in your relationship. So let me start here. Let's really discuss what triggers are. Now, let's say I'm walking down the street and I, all of a sudden I smell cinnamon you know, that warm cinnamon sugar smell, you know, the smell, it's so good. Uh, So, and then I look up and there's this beautiful little bakery there. I would likely be very triggered having that smell. Even, you know, the moment before I wasn't thinking about eating, I wasn't thinking about having a, uh, something cinnamony, sugary, whatever in my mouth. But in that moment, I get triggered by that smell and I walk in and I probably get myself a little sweet snack. So, 
That's one I think a lot of us can relate to, and it's kind of easy to identify this trigger. Now, let's do a different one. Let's say you walk into your home. It's been a long day at work. Maybe you just commuted or whatever. You had to, you know, deal with people you didn't want to deal with. And you walk in the door and your partner asks you some question about something. Like, hey, did you call the plumber? Or, um, you know, is it okay if, you know, if we don't eat until eight o'clock tonight? Or is it whatever? They just start asking you questions of some sort. And you might be triggered to get defensive or resentful, right? You might say, you know, well, why is he bugging me when I'm barely in the door? Or uh, she's been home all day. Why is she asking me if I called the plumber? You know, that kind of thing. And really you have that reaction because you've been triggered. Your partner says or does something and you just react. Now, I've talked about this word reaction before, very important word to break down right here, because that's really what triggers are all about. They're all about this reaction we often have, and we want to change that today's broadcast, so stay, stick with me. But when you think about re, the letters R-E at the beginning of any word, you know what they mean. If you were here with me now, you'd be able to yell out, oh, they mean again. When we say re at the beginning of a word, it means again. So By definition, a reaction means you're acting again in a way you've acted before. You're having a response in the same way that you've responded before. You're triggered and reacting because this is reminding you of something from your past. Now, you might say, well, it's just because every time I walk in the door, they, you know, my partner bombards me with questions. So I'm reacting to them. No, you're not. <laughs> that That's not really it. it. It's what's at the top of it, but it's not really what's at the, the root of it. And so we're going to talk about that today. Now, I had a, a lovely woman in my office uh, not long ago who wanted to work on her relationship. And a lot of you know all, you can work on your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing, say it all the time. So I was working with this woman and she's telling me about having lunch with her partner. And he... Uh, was, she was waiting for him at a restaurant. They decided to have lunch during the week together. They both worked down in the financial district and she's sitting there and it's about 15 minutes have gone by and you, she's getting annoyed. She's hungry. She doesn't have a ton of time, right? And there's already 15 minutes gone. So, and she's texting, she had texted him at like 10 minutes with no reply. So now it's like, she waited five minutes. She's texting him again. And as she's texting him, her phone rings and he's calling. And he said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I got hung up in a meeting and I had left my phone at my desk. And so I couldn't contact you and I couldn't leave the room. And I'm so, and he was apologizing profusely. And, you know, I I am so sorry. You know, I'm just not gonna be able to make it now. Like I can't, it's too late now for me to get there. And my client was furious. <laughs> so she hangs up the phone and she, and as I was talking to her, I said, oh, so what was going through your mind? And she said, you know, this always happens. I'm at the bottom of his list. You know, he could have gotten away from that meeting if he really wanted to. It just, you know, I don't matter enough to him. You know, everything's about him and nothing's about me. And I'm just, you know, there and she's going on and on. 
And she was furious, absolutely furious the rest of the day. She said her day was ruined. You know, she left the restaurant in a huff. She didn't even eat. She, she went back to work annoyed. She was ruminating about this. And she started to come up with this list of all the ways that her partner was putting her last and was rude, was inconsiderate, didn't think of her feelings first. Is anybody relating to any of this? <laughs> and was doing this whole thing. She was compiling this list all day in her head. Needless to say, when they got home that night, she gave him the cold shoulder. And he, by the way, had sent um, another uh, text later. And then when she didn't, res- you know, saying, I'm so sorry again. And when she didn't respond, he actually called, which was a, being a good boy, you know, didn't just leave it to text. But she didn't pick up, you know, and, she, and he he had left a voicemail saying again, he goes, I, I know you're mad. I'm so sorry. You know, it really, I, I, I should have done that better and I didn't. And I'm really sorry. So, to her, and, and this is literally her language, she said to me, and I said, wow, so you were mad for a really, really long time. And she was still really mad saying it in the office. And it had been three or four days since it had happened. Um, this happened on a Tuesday and I saw her on a Friday. So if that gives you any you know, indication, it was a few days. And she said, well, it's just outrageous. She was using those words, you know, it's just outrageous how he can think he can get away with this stuff. And so I said to her, I said, you know, there was another option, right? To, to, to lunch. And she said, she was totally blindsided by this. I said, you know, what she could have done was, uh, was a bit annoyed. Of course, you're a little annoyed. No one likes to be stood up. Of course, you're a little annoyed. But then to sort of go, hey, you know, stuff happens. Um, I'm sure that could happen to me too. If I didn't, you know, I, I don't love that he didn't plan that well, but it is what it is. And you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to eat some lunch. I'm going to calm myself down. I'm going to, maybe I'll call a friend. Maybe I'll use this time to scroll through Facebook. Maybe I'll use this time. Oh, I downloaded that new book onto my app on my phone. Maybe I'll read that. Um, you know, maybe I'll just sit quietly and people watch and I'll eat something great and I'll go back to the office. I said, and she looked at me like I said that she should chop up babies and eat them. Um, she, she looked at me like I was insane. And I said to her, that really was one of your options. It really was. It, you just took this and look at you. It's a week later and you're still furious about this. This is not about what happened. This is not about that. No one's mad for this long about someone not showing up for lunch. You know, your partner, the person you live with, the person you love, the person you're devoted to, you want to spend the rest of your life with. It, you got to be kidding me. And so, you know, we really started to talk. And I said to her, you know, like, what does this remind you of? You know, what is this? And she said, well, all, she started to list all these other times in the relationship that he had, you know, wronged her. And I said, you know, let's forget about him right now. What, who else in your life has done this? Like, tell me, you know, you're, and she started to talk and sure enough in her household, uh, (laughs) there were, she had two older sisters and a younger brother. And, you know, so she's kind of almost that classic kind of, uh, I'm sorry, she had one older sister, a younger sister, and a younger brother. Sorry. So she was kind of classically this middle child and, you know, one of three girls, but right in the middle and really felt that in her house, right, her her youngest brother was the prince. He was the only boy and he was the youngest. And then she did have a younger sister who was kind of the youngest sister. And then, the you know, the responsible older sister, she always felt like she didn't really matter that much and her stuff was not prioritized. Um, 
And her younger sister was born really soon after her, like within a year. And uh, so you can imagine, you know, she really might not have gotten as much attention when there's a brand new baby there, right? That's possible. And you already have an older child who was about two years older than her. It was, it was a tough go. And it's, it's, and this isn't about, you know, my client blaming her parents or something, but it is about us when we started talking, her having a history of feeling like she's not a priority. And so this is where she goes. And using that always and never language, this always happens, you know, or he never blah, blah, blah. It is really a great way. We're going to talk about how to identify your triggers in just a moment, but it's really a great way to take a look and go, oh yeah, I, that's not, it, it doesn't always, nothing always happens. <laughs> but if you're feeling that way, there's something else going on. And this idea, what I said to her about having how the day could have been different, really, really kind of rocked her. I, she just, she didn't even see another choice, which again, I'm going to talk about in a moment. So when you're triggered, it's generally happening below your conscious level of thinking. It's, that's the thing to really know. You don't just think you, right? You don't think, you just do. You, you don't think, you just do. And emotional trigger is basically anything that happens currently that reminds your brain of something that's happened to you earlier in your life and something really important. Now, and I'll get back to this, not feeling like a priority. And I know a lot of you out there feel this way. I know you do because you come in my office and talk about it. So, and think about it. If we, I talk a lot about how our, we still have these, you know, ancient hard wiring and uh, from our ancestors that hasn't been, you know, we haven't evolved out of it. If you think about, uh, you know, a hundred thousand years ago or even a few hundred years ago, let's not even go that far back. If you weren't prioritized, if you weren't seen as important, what was going to happen to you? And the answer is you would have died. How do you like that? <laughs> you would have died or you certainly would have withered. Let's even think if, if you weren't prioritized in a family, and remember, there wasn't always a lot of food to go around a few hundred years ago. Everything was really down to the wire. So it, let's say the same situation with my client. So the, you know, maybe the oldest girl was bigger because she's bigger, she's, you know, and can reach more food and get to more food quicker. And then maybe the mother was breastfeeding the younger sister when she was born. And now this middle child, right, is having to kind of fight for food. That could be, that really could have been. And these kind of scenarios would happen. And so there is this sort of ancient hardwiring we have, not even so ancient, that ticks in when we are seen or feel like we're not being seen, when we're not being prioritized, because our our lizard brain sees that as we could die, literally. And I know our rational brains know that's not going to happen, but that that doesn't matter. <laughs> the rational brain isn't working at this point. And it's really all about this like fear brain or this, what I always call the lizard brain. So it's a real thing that your brain is experiencing to itself, right? It's not real in the real world, but to, to the brain, it is. It's like, wow, this is life or death. We really have to worry about this. But this is why you can get so upset. And as I, you know, really talked to this client about her upset and how much it was and how huge it was over this one incident, uh, she really was able to kind of stop and go, oh yeah, that does seem out of proportion, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. What, what is that? You know, once we started to really talk about it and, you know, sure enough, it, 
yeah, she could come up with other ways that she wasn't a priority or whatever. But in the same vein, I gave her a bunch of ways, because we've talked about her partner before, a bunch of ways she is a priority to him. It was obvious things he had done and things he does for her and all kinds of stuff that he, she is a priority. The way he shows her she's a priority is different than maybe what she would like all the time, but it doesn't make it any less true. So anyway, so when you're triggered in some way, you lose your ability to think something through, to to problem solve, to make a thoughtful decision. Again, you can go back to my podcast on lizard brains if you want to hear more about this. But, And this leads to people falling into those same negative patterns and those same arguments over and over and over. And that's really at the core of that's the problem. You you can't kind of like, like as I had with this client when I said, well, you could have just sat down and had lunch. It didn't even, it hadn't even occurred to her. And compounding, of course, she really was hungry. She goes back to the office. I said, what did you end up eating? She said, oh my God, I had some disgusting like granola bar on my desk from a year ago. So they ended up drinking, eating that and drinking some coffee. And I thought, ugh, even worse for your nervous system to have this crap. Now you're hungry, which by the way, makes you more anxious. And so do you see the, the, it's just, it was terrible, but it never occurred to her to just sit and relax because again, that thoughtful, rational brain doesn't turn on. And some of you are listening right now chuckling because you realize you've done the exact same thing. So there you go. Okay. Now everyone's got triggers. I'm sure the Dalai Lama has triggers. Everybody has triggers. The goal is to be able to identify when you're triggered so you can act and not react, right? So that you can consciously, thoughtfully do something and not just react from that old uh, lizard brain. Okay. Now, there are many signs when you get triggered. Some of them are emotional and some are physical. Some people have more emotional and don't notice physical and vice versa or both, you know, whatever. So I'm just going to go over a few. Now, the physical changes uh, that you might experience in your body, one, I think the most common one I hear are something around people feeling sick to their stomach or like your stomach has, quote unquote, fallen out. Um, I talk about this when I talk about stress, but basically you are feeling um, yeah, you feel like sick to your stomach. You just don't want to eat. You don't. You get very upset. Uh, other physical symptoms of getting triggered, you could start sweating. Some people sweat, they suddenly break out in a cold sweat kind of thing. You might get a headache, uh, that tight feeling in your chest, or you might even feel your heart beating faster. These are all stress responses because this trigger is causing a stress response. I mean, it really is. And again, if you think about it, from that evolutionary perspective of, wow, I think I'm going to die. No wonder you're having a stress response. Okay. Now, your emotional reactions can be varied. And one of the first things you might notice, now that I'm making you aware of it, is that you start to think in black and white terms. I see this a lot with my clients. So in other words, you feel like you have to fight or you have no choice but to lash out or leave the house or get a drink. I I say to my clients all the time, if you only feel like you have two choices, then you're caught up in black and white thinking. And that's a problem. There are always, I'm going to say it again, there are always multiple choices and options in any situation. But when you're triggered and having a stress response, that you know, rational problem solving part of your brain, it just shuts down. So you end up in that black and white thinking. 
Now, so uh, I'll say it to you again, whenever you feel like there's only two choices, you are in a triggered response. Well, I have to do this or this, this or this. It, I mean, there's always more than two choices, always. Okay. Another way. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You might notice <laughs> that you're triggered. Um, is what I see a lot of, I should say, is when people start to blame their partner or they which is really the same as seeing yourself as a helpless person or a victim in the relationship in some way. Um, so I'll hear things like, uh, he, he always attacks me. I have no choice but to defend myself. Um, listen to that. No, I have no choice, but that means that you are a victim, right? You're helpless. You're a victim. You, you can't do anything. And you're blaming. He always, first of all, always, really? every single second of every single day, uh, attacks me. You know, it's just setting up that blame victim relationship. Uh, another one I hear is something like, well, there's nothing I can do if she refuses to change any of her behavior, right? Really? I mean, total victimy there and total blame. So they're supposed to change. <laughs> this is my favorite. And you guys know, I call this relationship gridlock. Everyone's waiting for someone else to change. Well, I'm not going to change till he changes. And, sh- and I'm not going to change till, till she changes. You know, w- we're all waiting and it, nothing happens. Everyone's gridlocked. Okay. Uh, I might, you might hear something like, um, that's another one. Uh, oh, what am, what am I supposed to think when he leaves his socks on the floor for me to pick up? Right? Like there's only one thing you could possibly think from that. Just like my client with her partner not coming to lunch on time. There's only one way you can react to that. Well, no, there's a few. Uh, she makes the money. If I say no, she'll just do it anyway. I've, I've heard that. Uh, I know what he's going to say, so there's no use even asking. There's another one. You see, there's thinking you have no choice is a good way to know if you're being triggered. Thinking you have, you know, that you're set up, if you're blaming your partner for anything and anything, then we're in trouble here. So it's really your responsibility to figure out what to do about it, to figure out what you can do, not what you can do to change them, but what you can do to change you and whatever your situation might be. Okay. So I think I've made it clear that being triggered means you're in a fear state, not a love state, but a fear state. Again, that lizard brain stuff. And what happens, I notice with my clients is they get into kind of a loop and they react the same way whenever it happens. So for example, when when you're triggered, you might always get angry or defensive. And again, so that's a way to know, wow, I'm angry a lot. That means you're triggered a lot. 
or if you're defensive a lot, yours means you're triggered a lot. If that's your common go-to, that's from a trigger, some sort of trigger. Uh, maybe you get clingy or needy. I've got clients who go clingy needy <laughs> when they're feeling triggered. You feel scared. Remember, it's fear response. So you, you know, maybe you attack or maybe you grab on and grasp. Maybe you're grasping for your partner. Um, of course, what we just mentioned, this, the blaming or acting like a victim or helpless all the time. Uh, some of you, when you get triggered, you run, you leave the room, you shut down, you isolate, you withdraw, any of those things. And you're triggered, you just, you're out, you get kind of numb and you're out. Uh, another one I see a lot is getting passive. This is the people pleasing stuff. This is the yes, dear, <laughs> sort of just sort of you know, put it out there hoping the person moves on and stops uh, being near you. And just, it, it's another way to opt out, really. And then the last one I see a lot is avoiding. Uh, the, you know, the major conflict avoiders are procra procrastinating to the bitter end. Uh, when these things happen, if you're doing them again a lot, if you are always avoiding, then you're being triggered in a constant way. You really have to look at that. And that's your go-to response to that. So, what do you do when you're triggered? I promised you six easy steps. So I'm going to give them to you right now. These will be in the show notes as always. Uh, but we're going to, you know, end with these six easy steps. So uh, step one is you got to stop. If you, that just the moment you realize you've been triggered, you need to stop and not react. Just be still and in your body. That's number one. Just shut up if you can. <laughs> I get on a roll sometimes. It's hard for me to shut up, but... Uh, if you can. Now, notice I said you have to notice it. So this is the thing. Is, and I t how much do I talk about self-awareness with you people? Being mindful, right? All the time. Because this is all great what I'm teaching you today, but if you don't notice you're having the feeling, you're not going to stop. So figure out a way to start, you know, and you can go back to how to make mindfulness a habit or my self-awareness podcast or any of those to learn all about that. I'm not going to cover it here, but um, once again, you're seeing why it's so important. Uh, but you have to stop, just stop, just woo, just put the brakes on. I do a shoulder shrug. That's my second one. So you stop and then you do a shoulder shrug. And if you remember the shoulder shrug, I've talked about it a lot. It's very simple. You're going to shrug your, I'm doing it right now. You're going to shrug your uh, shoulders all the way up to your ears really high and then push them back, push the wings in your back. The, I think they're called your scapula together. Push your chest out, tuck your tummy in while you do that, push down and then just release. Ah, oh, oh. It really does feel good. I can feel it right now. Um, because we raise our shoulders and when we do that, uh, we start breathing out of our chest and we start releasing cortisol and other stress-inducing hormones. It's all bad. So you do a little shrug. Sometimes this is enough, by the way. And the other thing, a little trick to do is to relax your tongue. Right this minute, everybody, where's your tongue? Where's your tongue? If you relax it, you'll notice that it was probably on the roof of your mouth or pressing against your teeth. And when you relax it, it feels good. So just doing the shoulder shrug and relaxing your tongue really helps your body, that, that parasympathetic nervous system, turn on and get into that, what we call kind of I rest and digest, you know, sort of calm the body. So just doing that will help you not stay triggered. Uh, then you got to breathe. <laughs> Remember, we tend to hold our breath when we're upset uh, or when we're feeling defensive or anxious or anything, actually. So notice your breathing. Make sure you're breathing out of your belly, not your chest. And take, if you want, just take one deep breath and release it slowly. Just 
you know, relax your tongue, notice your shoulders go down. Just that, again, it stimulates the vagus nerve, which again, calms you. All these things just calm the system. And if you, again, remember that your system is heightened and anxious when you're triggered, that you're having this kind of lizard response, then you'll see why why that's so important to have kind of a a physical reaction to that. Now you can just do the three-step process, those three, and I promise you'll feel a little different and you'll actually be able to have a different response, but let's, let's go for it. Let's go for six steps. Okay. And you see how quick those were. All of that to stop, to shrug, to breathe is less than a minute. So this isn't like you have to stop the conversation and go have a cup of coffee and go do something. You can, you know, right there, you can just say, you know, give me a minute and just take that minute. And then I want you to, number four is name the fear. So are you anxious? Are you angry? Are you scared? Overwhelmed? Are you numb? And I want you to see the feeling like a cloud moving past you. Just see the feeling. Wow, there's a lot of anxiety here, whatever. And I don't want you to say, oh, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm scared. I'm overwhelmed. I'm numb. I want you to say, I'm experiencing anxiety. Whew, there's a, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety in my body right now. I'm experiencing a lot of anger. And if you see what that is, and say that out loud, by the way, if you can, uh, you'll notice that it's got a very profound effect to say it that way, as opposed to saying, I'm angry. Uh, It separates it from yourself because the feeling is not you. I say it all the time. Feelings are states, not traits. They are states of being. They come and go. No one is motivated. No one is happy. No one is angry. You know, we, it comes and goes. It's in a moment you're motivated and the next minute you're not, you know, uh, and you know, you've been motivated in the morning to eat a certain way. And by four o'clock, you're like, screw that. I'm eating the, (laughs) I'm having the Oreos. Uh, you know, this is true. So keep that in mind. So you're going to name the fear. What is it? What exactly? and then separate yourself. And if you can now, I'd love for you to name what's under the fear. And you do this by saying, what does this remind me of? What situation does this remind me of? If you use the words always or never, <laughs> um, you know, notice, right? Because it means it. it's felt like it's happened a long time. And again, What were the other times you experienced this before your partner? When you say to yourself, what does this remind me of? Don't go to, well, last week, he also blah, 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 or last year, she blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. Go to another time in your life, maybe a previous boyfriend or girlfriend. And I have people say that sometimes. They'll say, oh, men always blah, blah. Women never blah, blah. And that really lets you know that this is not this person, that this is something you're reacting to something really old here. So what does this remind me of is so great because you're naming what's under the fear. And then the last piece is to get some perspective. If you can, try not to judge what's going on and try to bring perspective to the situation. And my favorite question for this, you guys know, if you've listened to my podcast on anger is what else could be true about this situation? What else could be true? Could be, not is, we don't know the facts. What else could be? And really think to yourself, are you being correct or effective? You can be right all day. My client could be right all day that her partner sh- should not have left her high and dry for lunch. But is it effective? Is it is it having her feel close to him, connected, loved, appreciated, cherished, to, to live in those feelings? And 
I did have her ask herself. I said, what else could have been true that day? And she said, well, he, and she remembered he had a big, uh, this meeting that he was in, he had been very nervous about. And, uh, and that's why actually they were having lunch together that day. (laughs) Once I started talking to her, she said, oh yeah, we were having lunch because he was having this big meeting in the morning and he was really nervous about it. He worked really hard on this big presentation. And uh, anyway, there's this whole thing attached. And so we're going to have a lunch. It's kind of almost like a celebratory thing. It was over and just to kind of help him decompress. And I was like, oh, so I said, well, what else could be true then about why he forgot to bring his phone into that next meeting after it? And she said, well, yeah, he was probably, she was able to see it. She says, yeah, he was probably just kind of flustered from the earlier meeting. And so it's so much going on. It was so much preparing and so much overwhelm that, you know, it's easy to forget stuff. It was that simple. You know, once she said that out loud, I could see her just relax around it. It's like, oh, that could have been true too. This wasn't even about you and him not holding you as a priority. This is about his own stuff. And so really what could have happened that day is when something big like that is going on is to not plan something (laughs) uh, for lunch. Although that was a lovely idea, you know, maybe have had a nice dinner when you got home or something else. But anyway, so really in the end, I don't want you to be afraid of your emotions. I want you to work with them and try to see them objectively. And again, non-judgmentally. So those are your six steps. You stop, You do some sort of shoulder shrug, notice your tongue on your mouth, you take a breath, really notice your breathing, name that fear, what is it, see it as separate from yourself, I'm not anxious, I'm experiencing anxiety, try to name what's under the fear, what does this remind you of, and then get some perspective, what else could be true in this situation. All of these things will help you. And notice the first three are around, the first three steps are around getting your physical body under control so that, and your, I should say your physical brain under control, getting your brain under control so that you can think through the other things more rationally. So doing them in that order is very, very important. Okay. That is your uh, episode for today. And uh, I have one more thing is that I would really appreciate everyone leaving a review of this podcast. It's huge. I know it's annoying to have to do, and I understand that it can be a little uh, confusing for some, but I would really ask you to please leave a review if you like the podcast, if you listen to it. It helps me tremendously uh, getting the word out. People ask me all the time, hey, Abby, why do you do it? I love this podcast but it blows me away. And why do you do it? Because I do spend a lot of time, energy, you can probably tell, I hope you can, uh, into these podcasts and the, you know, I write up a blog post for it and I do this whole thing in the show notes. And I do it because I believe everyone should have access to great relationship information, regardless of their ability to pay and regardless of their ability to get to someone. Because some people live in very rural areas, you should still have access to awesome information. And because I believe that if everyone was happier in the relationships, that we'd have a happier planet and less war, hopefully no war. (laughs) So this is all in my big efforts, my efforts in my corner of the world to create world peace and to create peace around us and have generations of people who connect better and are happier and passing that down. So if you can be part of that and putting the message out so that other people can get in on this, I would really just, it would mean the world to me. So leave a review. If for some reason you feel like you can't figure out how to leave a review, please email me. You can email a dream team 
at abbymedcalf.com or abby at abbymedcalf.com and we'll send you directions very specific for how to leave a review. Uh, That's it. Thank you so much. I always appreciate your time and your attention. I know how busy we all are and taking this time for yourself and to really make your life better. uh, It makes it all worthwhile for me. All right. Have a great day, everybody. And I will check you out on the next broadcast. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.